The Anchored City podcast is recorded in Anchorage, Alaska, on the traditional lands of the Denina Athabascan people. City Podcast. I'm your host, Joel Kiekenfeld. In our last episode, we learned about Z.J. Lusak, an early Anchorage businessman. Lusak retired to become a philanthropist and had a deep love for the city. On this episode, we're hearing from three Anchorage business leaders that are following in the community-building spirit of Lusak. I'm very excited to be joined by Tim Gravel from Kaladi Brothers Coffee, Ted Rosenzweig from Turnigan Brewing, and Brittany Clancy from Fashion Pact. These three short interviews will begin in just a moment. I hope you enjoy listening to these conversations as much as I enjoyed having them with each of these wonderful folks. Yeah, so uh, my name is Tim Gravel. I'm the uh, president of Kaladi Brothers Coffee Company. Great. Can you tell listeners just what is Kaladi Brothers Coffee Company? <laughs> well, it's a... It, it's it's evolved, but um, you know it's it's it started out with uh, my business partner just uh, opening up a cart on Fourth Avenue back in the '80s, and um, and then um, you know it's we got more into the coffee and more into roasting, and and when we started we weren't roasting, and um, we were actually buying coffee from uh, Cafe Del Mundo, Harry Merkel up here, and um, got into roasting and. Uh, eventually got to this place of, of actually asking the question, what it, what are, who are we, what are we doing? And, um, and that started a whole different, not, I don't want to say a different direction, but it, it gave us a different purpose. So, um, at one point in this is in the nineties, uh, early nineties, um, we actually, Got, we actually got together, went to a cabin, and um, we were like five of us, and uh, we stayed there for about three days and said, well, we need to be more than just a coffee company. We need to be more than just making drinks on the bar or selling coffee out the back. There needs to be purpose to who we are, what we do. And, and something we noticed back then um, is that we brought, we attracted so many different people into our cafes to have coffee and, and they were talking to each other and and people knew each other from just showing up to the coffee shop and, and, and talking and as they waited for their drinks or they sat down and and they were all walks, you know, there was, there was no like, oh, we catered to a particular group, you know, it was just across the board. And um, so we, we just talked about being, well, what does that mean? What, what can we do? And we just decided Hey, we want to be a catalyst for community. We want to be a place where people can share ideas and and um, talk about things and, and meet people. And so that's where that's where catalyst for community started. Um, and and we just expanded on it, you know, just as as time went on. It's been a lot of years, so <laughs> we've had a lot of a lot of times that, and it was before internet, so. You know, a lot of things have changed too over time. So, with it, I know over the years I've seen that that line on cups and all kinds of different things at the shops of Catalyst for Community. So maybe you said that sort of expanded over the years from this idea of there was sort of community being built in the coffee shops. Um, in what ways has that kind of expanded? Because I know Claudius is involved in the community in lots of different ways. So how has that grown over all these years that you guys have been thinking about what it means to be a catalyst in the community? Yeah. So, so yeah, maybe starting off, we, what we, what we would do is um, 
is there was a reason too for this also let me back up a second um we needed purpose but we needed purpose for our own for the company to have some sort of soul and that's it sounds funky, but you know, back then and, and now we we still feel strongly about that. Like it, there needs to be a reason for doing all this. Besides, we hope that you know we're successful and we have lots of employees and they're successful. And but we we want there to be something better than just um, coffee. I mean, coffee is great, but but we want we want we want there to be purpose to to our existence. You know. So that's kind of where this thing started. And, and so we started doing, um, well, we would do events for whoever asked and um, usually all uh, nonprofit fundraising, we'd show up with our cart and our espresso machine to make coffee. They're really just trying to enhance and, and support whoever's doing the event. And, um, and that's kind of how it started off. Um, a lot of donation of coffee crafts we'd have and make them for, um, whatever was going on and if, if someone had requested it, we made three gallons of coffee and gave it to them some cups and sent them on their way, you know, and um, just hoping that, that that was helping out their cause or whatever they were fundraising or, or whatever it was. Schools, we did a lot of stuff with schools and um, just trying to support other people doing good in the community. That's that's what we want. We want to use our assets, what we have, and how can we use those to make a difference? And um, so it's really a lot of support. Um, we've gotten into a little different things now um, with trying to actually do things ourselves um, with New Year's Day of Giving. Um, we did a, human, a, a, a Habitat for Humanity House years ago, um, probably now close to 20 years ago. Um, so we've, we've, we've gotten off in some different directions of trying to do things, um, all with, with our staff support and we want staff involved and we want them to be proud of where they work and, and, um, and, and what we do here and if we want to be that company that people are proud to work for too. So, um, I don't know. I, <laughs> I love this idea that you guys were asking the question of like, what is the soul of the company? Yeah. That's not often a question that at least I'm not in, in business necessarily, but that's not a question that I hear a lot. You think you hear about business plans and marketing and like all those type of things, but I don't know that I've heard too many business owners talk about the soul of their company. Right. Um, how, what difference do you think it makes that you have that you that as a company that was a question that you were asking instead of maybe other questions that you could have been asking like how has that guided you over the years uh well i came into it so i came in from public accounting so i got involved with kaladi way back when when i was leaving public accounting and of course i came into the picture and i saw what what mark was doing and he was our partner at the time and, and i was like God, you can't do all these things, Mark. You can't give away everything because <laughs> you got to pay bills at the end of the day. You know, how does this work? And um, so I wasn't, it was new to me too, you know? And so when we did this, this retreat and we started talking about it, I kind of got pulled into it then too. It was like, wow, you know, this really is, this makes you feel better than just trying to make something work. This actually gives a purpose to it. So um, I think it's, I, I think, Asking that question or companies asking that question is, uh, is huge and not, not to be answered. I Googled uh, that question, like why be involved in community? I've never done that before, but I look, I've looked it up today. And most of the answers that pop up are all like, because it gives you brand awareness and it has all these reasons to do it, except you do it for the good of, your company, the good of your people, the good of your soul, if you, and and that's not a big one. I had, I did see a couple that kind of kind of tap on it a little bit, but um, but I think for us, it give it makes it genuine. I questioned it probably about five years ago, and asked my my management group, which is much larger. To, to, you know, we have there was probably ten people working here when we made this call. Of, and had this retreat and you know now we have more along the lines of upper 200s 
So we, I asked him, I said, is this relevant still to everybody? Does this really resonate with people? Um, with us, is this something we need to change? And they were like, no, we all, we still like this. This is, this is what makes us, you know, feel good. So, um, I don't know. I, I think it's, a, I think it's important to question it and, and it gives purpose. Um, it doesn't have to be necessarily, uh, you know, community involvement, but something, you know, some, some sort of purpose to your business besides selling something or, or providing a service, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I love that dimension beyond sort of what's the primary business coffee, but then what are we really trying to do in the community that we're in? Like we want to be, we want to be part of this community, not just somebody that's selling something to the community. And, and, you know, I have people all the time say, Hey, uh, you know, they'll, they'll catch me somewhere and say, Hey, I just want to let you know, you know, I really, I really appreciate what you guys do in the community. And, and that wasn't the plan. That wasn't our plan. It's it, a lot of times it's not like, hey, we really enjoy your coffee. It's great. I mean, we get that too. But it, for me, I'm really proud of when, when someone says, hey, I, I appreciate what you guys do in the community. And I know that I have these people out there, young people involved in doing stuff in the community. And that's, you know, if I, for a business owner, um, uh, being able to know that that there's young people that are growing up with community involvement and, and giving back and, and doing good. Um, and maybe we had some sort of help in getting them involved in that. That's, that's great. I, 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 I could leave, I could leave uh, feeling good about it. So. Yeah. Cause that builds into the community in so many different ways. Then those, those folks might move on. Those young folks might move on to different job and take that same value for this is how we interact in the community to wherever they go, which I think is beautiful. Um, what is maybe something I'm missing or something you would want folks to know about Cloudy brothers? Uh, about brothers. You know, it, it's, it's cliche, but we are all really, we're really good friends. <laughs> I mean, we, we really feel like, uh, we're a family and, and, um, and we've worked together for many years, over 20 years. Um, uh, it's a, it's a, it's larger, it's a larger than we were, you know, years ago, but that's a lot of the same people and, um, and we're all learning. It's an, we're all, it's a constant state of learning and new things and, uh, we enjoy that. It's challenging sometimes, but I, I know we all um, appreciate uh, learning new things and trying different things and, and uh, trying to make it better. Always, um, it's a work in progress. You know, it's, uh, it's it's we've been around a long time, but by no means are we uh, flawless. We we do stuff. <laughs> we don't do things right sometimes, <laughs> and and so uh, we uh, we're learning and. And, and growing and um, and we're, we're proud to be a, a company in Alaska that actually exports quite a quite a bit of coffee out of Alaska and if there's one thing that the pandemic's done for us um, it pushed us to do a few things out of state and and it's worked out pretty well um, so it's nice to know that we're exporting from Alaska too besides fish <laughs> Yeah, fish and oil are usually what we're yeah, asking. Right. <laughs> yeah, people right. don't often think of coffee. So the last question I'm going to ask is the question that I ask all of our guests, and that's what what's a self-care or mindfulness or spiritual practice that you do personally that helps keep you centered? Okay, so you might have to cut this back a little bit because there's a story here. Um, <laughs> this, this past summer, um, my wife and I, we had been planning for a couple of years, but um, we went to Iceland. And we were planning a backpacking trip. And we went on that trip and um, it was great. And, and we're really busy, you know, we, with work and with, um, between us, we have five kids and um, they're all in school and uh, it's busy. And uh, pandemic with pandemic really, you know, it's made us, it was challenging and we're always trying to figure out what to do next or what we had to do next or how are we going to keep things together? Um, so anyway, this was a long standing, like, oh, we need a break. You know, we need to, we just need to go out and hike and 
not be around anything for a while. And, and so we did it. And um, anyway, it was great. And we had, we had four days, five days out on the trail and really not a lot of um, anything interaction, definitely no technology uh, out there. And, uh, and we got back and, and we've talked between us, we talked a lot about how do we slow down? Because we just kept feeling like it's just go, go, go. And what's next? What's next? And, and you're just living at this pace that you just can't, we couldn't find a way really out, you know, we were trying, but you just get pulled back into it. And so Anyway, um, that said, we're getting ready to leave Iceland and, um, and uh, while we were out on the trail, they changed their rulings and we had to get uh, COVID tested before we got back on the plane. And, um, and I tested positive. I had no clue, I was vaccinated. I did feel like I had a cold, but I tested positive. So that stuck me in Iceland for a few days. <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't prepared for that. And so we um, got a place and, and I, we, we, uh, I went upstairs in this loft, basically. And um, my wife stayed downstairs. I definitely didn't want her to get it because it would just take us 12 more days in Iceland beyond me. And so one thing that happened, though, is um, the person we got, we rented this this two-bedroom condo place from um, was a adjunct at the university that taught mindfulness. And I didn't really know what that was. I was like, mindfulness, I'm not really sure what that is. And so I started looking it up. Of course, I had tons of time. I was in a room for 10 days and I started watching TED Talks YouTube, all kinds of YouTube. Um, and it was like, wait a minute, that's kind of what we're looking for. That's kind of where this is what we needed is to just be, I needed it. I needed to be stopped. You know, I wanted this. I didn't know how to get it. I didn't know this is what I needed. Um, I hate to say that COVID was probably for me personally. Um, it stopped me in my tracks and it made me think and it gave me that time that I actually needed that I would have never ever taken on my own. Um, and it changed my life, you know, it changed how I, I just slowed down, I viewed things different. Um, what's important, uh, paying attention. Um, I shut off all my social media on my phone, um, just deleted everything off. Um, I don't want the, didn't want the distractions anymore. Um, and, and I can honestly say I've since coming back, I've had, I've been fooled kind of since getting out of Iceland and back into a real world, <laughs> I've been pulled in directions to want to get back into that, that pace, but I have now the ability to stop it and to recognize it and to, um, to not let it do that. And it's changed everything. It's changed how I've dealt with uh, challenges or stressful situations at home with with kids or with um, whatever. You know, it's just it's helped a lot. Um, so taking a little time each day just to to um, I'm gonna call it meditation or or just slow down and listen um, has has really taken the full that 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 busyness that I need to get and you know what's next um I need to do all these things so I'm good at the end of the night and I, I can sleep well because I've accomplished all these things um I, I don't have that much anymore it's it's a work in progress it just doesn't go away but it's it's going the right direction and um and I'm looking forward to to more a little more time to get into a, even a better Place or better handling situations like that or life, just the busyness of life and how to prioritize things and put them in perspective. And, um, so that's kind of what I, I, I knew I wanted something. 
I never knew how to do it. And um, I knew there were pieces, but I think, you know, I just got forced into it. And it was the best vacation, with exception of a couple of days where I was really not a happy camper about getting stuck. Um, but then realizing it really was the best thing for me. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really put just, I don't know, it was something I always needed. And, um, and just to be mindful and paying attention to just life and, and appreciate where I am when I'm there and not worrying about, okay, well, what's next? What do I got to do after this? And thinking about those things while I'm trying to enjoy what I've always wanted to go do in the first place is, you know, get out in the woods or whatever it is. And um, so I'm working on it, but that's, I'd recommend it. <laughs> Not getting COVID, but I recommend <laughs> taking a little, a little, uh, uh, little time and, and thinking, you know, thinking about it or YouTube it. There's lots of stuff out there on mindfulness. And um, I, I found it very helpful. Thank you so much for sharing that story. I'm sure other people will be able to resonate with that. This unsettled feeling of like something, I need to do something different. Yeah. Um, whether that's mindfulness or some other way to slow down and sort of be able to process what's going on in life. So thanks for sharing that. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for sharing too with us about Cloudy Brothers and um, things that they're doing in the community and why that's important. The soul of the business is important. Yeah, well, we love here. We love being up here. Uh, Alaska has been great and, and the community is great. And, you know, I didn't never expect it to be here this long, um, but now I've been here for 30 something years and don't see that changing. <laughs> but I can honestly say I've been here longer, over half my life now. So it's, um, I, I, I love Anchorage and the community. So it's, it's for Alaska. So we want to leave. Oceans and there are deserts. I have yet to cross And I have dreamed of faraway places Where imagination just gets lost And I would search the wide world over For one proverb that is true But of all the roads I'll ever walk I just Throughout this season, we've been pausing to let you know about the Imagine Project. All during this season of the Anchored City podcast, we're exploring the places in the city where things are or are becoming the way they're supposed to be for all people. During the months of September, October, and November, we've been partnering with Kaladi Brothers Coffee to hear from you about what would make Anchorage the way it's supposed to be for all people. We've been asking people the question, for Anchorage to be the way it's supposed to be for all people, I imagine. You might be wondering how that project's going. We asked someone with a front row seat to tell us what they've seen. Hi, I'm Jeremiah. I'm in charge of the downtown cafe for Kaladi Brothers. And when we started doing this project, I honestly was expecting to have to deal with more problematic people writing uh, profane things up on the boards and having to make sure to take them down and police it a lot more but it was actually ended up being incredibly productive. I only had to uh, race it a couple of times throughout the two month period. And it was really lovely because people actually started engaging more in conversations with each other based off of what was being written on the boards. Yeah, I would say that one of the big, big things that I saw was uh, they, customers would come in and they would see things written on the boards and feel better about themselves and uh, about the state of things. Uh, just based off of what they saw. And if nothing else, people also would write funny things and would help give people a good laugh otherwise. <laughs> to join in and share what you imagine, stop by a local Kaladi Brothers Cafe and look for the posters explaining the project and the chalkboard where you can record your input. Go to anchorageutc.org allpeople to find out about participating locations. If you can't make it to a cafe, you can share your thoughts by going to facebook.com slash Anchorage UTC. Responses will be gathered and presented to Anchorage decision makers for their consideration. Please join us in imagining an Anchorage that's the way it's supposed to be for all people. For more information, go to anchorageutc.org.
org slash all people. And with all those lessons learned, with the crazy long life that I lived already, and the scars I earned, I still can't seem to find the answers and all the questions. But loving you just once was worth it, even if I, I can't have you. I'm Ted Rosenswag. Uh, my wife and I are co-owner, co-manager, involved uh, ownership of Turning and Brewing. I hail from Denver, and she's from southern Maine. Um, we met in Baltimore, uh, and... Uh, lived there and then Denver and then Phoenix and then moved here 23 years ago. So we're longtime Alaskans. Uh, I'm a physician um, and I still practice at the Native Medical Center as a general surgeon. And Mary, my wife, she kind of runs this as her sole gig um, and it takes a lot of time. To <laughs> so she doesn't really need another job. Couldn't do another job if she had to. So tell me, tell the listeners a little bit about what is Turnigan Brewing? Like, where did it come from? What does the business look like? We are a family-run brewery that focuses on uh, hyper-local, sourcing for ingredients, personnel, music, art, you name it, um, and sour and Belgian-style beers. We make a full range of different beers, uh, but kind of our jam is doing sour and doing it well. Uh, and then doing traditional Belgian beers with an Alaskan twist. <clears throat> we Our roots are home brewing. Mary was, we're both biologists, but she was working in a microbiology lab at University of Colorado, and at the moment we were broke. Uh, so <laughs> we couldn't get good beer. We certainly couldn't get good craft beer. So we started home brewing, and it really just kind of took off from there. We both really enjoyed innovating and brewing and saving a little money. Um, and then we started competing and that went well. Um, we were very competitive for a while. And then I became a certified judge here in Anchorage in the early 2000s. Um, and then um, I thought maybe it would be good to someday have a second career. So 15 years ago, I started chipping away slowly at the things I needed to do in order to make a real brewery happen. So I went to brewing school at UC Davis. Um, I went to the Craft Brewers National Conference several times in several different locations. Continued to homebrew, continued to compete, and then uh, honed in on a dozen different styles that I really wanted to make and brewed those repeatedly. And after each session, I would convene a, a blinded panel and we would scientifically sort of taste through what I had, what I did last time, and some commercial examples. So we sort of honed our recipes and then took a few years to find the right location, which is the old King Street Brewery, um, and then jumped in with both feet. That right, was so, three okay. years ago. Yeah, so I know there's more to the story of the brewery than maybe meets the eye. So you, you used a phrase that we use with our podcast of hyper-local, which I love that you guys use the same words there. But like, tell, tell me about the, the mission of the, of the brewery. The mission really is to, to create joy for ourselves and for our clientele. Um, and part of that is making connections with other people that live in the community. Um, you know, cities are just buildings. Um, without people, it, it has no meaning. So we wanted to create a space where people could work and kind of become a family in that workspace, and then a clientele that could be included in that family, and then a broader reach of suppliers, buyers, organizations that um, we could further include in our extended family. So sourcing local um, has always been our highest priority. Um, we source wheat from the Matsu Valley, which is unmalted, so it's difficult to use, but we use it in everything that we make. At every opportunity, we use um, local fruits and local vegetables and herbs. Um, 
and when possible we crowdsource those. So people bring them to us, we compensate them reasonably for it, and then that rolls them into the creative process. It gives them a little bit of vested interest in how it goes, brings them back. We um, sponsor competitions uh, that encourage local home brewers to um, create sour beers kind of based upon our, our stock base sour beer recipe and then play with it and, and do what they will. Um, and then local music is all we play in the tasting room. Since I'm a musician, it came very naturally for us to create an opportunity for local artists to be heard. Um, and we've had a very good reception for that. And then uh, we're a First Friday art space, so it's, it's exclusively local art. Every month, different artists in our brewery. Um, and those things have been joys to operate. Uh, we've met so many amazing people who are painters and photographers and musicians, um, as well as farmers and just, you know, everyday folks who have surplus, you know, berries or rhubarb or whatever, kelp. We're doing an experimental <laughs> kelp beer now. <laughs> I, I remember seeing the call for rhubarb for one of the beers, like bring in your rhubarb and the, you guys kind of barter a little bit with folks and, and work together on that, which I think is great. Um, I know that there's a number of ways that you've been involved in the community. I've seen like kind of your, your logo show up sponsoring different events and I know the, the tip jar and so on downstairs often um, benefits lo local organizations. Talk to me about kind of community involvement, why that's important to the business mm. um, for you guys to be involved in those type of things. Well, so that I don't misquote it, let me read directly from our website. We, uh, we publish our, our mission and if you go to the website, you'll see a page that talks about community and community giving. And uh, this is a direct quote, we will support local businesses and nonprofits dedicated to making Anchorage a first-rate city in which to live, work, study, and recreate. So that is, that is our mission, to make this a better place to live um, for all of us. And it feels, I gotta be honest, it feels really good to be a part of that, uh, making this city a better place. So one way that we do that is with what we call um, Selfless Sunday. So every, every month in the winter time, we send our, our help home. Um, Mary and I work the, the tasting room exclusively so that there's no hard feelings about tips. And what we do is every Sunday that month, we collect all the tips and we have one organization that we all agree um, as uh, a business to support and all the tips from all those Sundays go to that organization. So um, we get a lot of people who come out that want to support those organizations. Um, in the summertime, it's just too busy, so we have to bring in help, which means that they need to get tipped, to be fair. So it doesn't operate in the summer, but I think it's about six or eight months a year it's up and running. And then other nonprofits approach us, and as long as. Um, As long as other organizations who approach us have values that we support, we're more than willing to collaborate with them. So sometimes it's special beers, sometimes it's hosting their events, it sort of ranges, but we're, we're not afraid to support folks who come to us with requests. I know that you have a special beer on right now. Would you like to share with, with, what that is at the moment? Innocence? Innocence, yeah. So the Innocence Project is a local organization uh, mostly retired lawyers who um, get people out of prison who've been wrongfully accused. So their most uh, notable client was Fairbanks Four. And they do an annual fundraiser, they call it the Rib Off, where um, a few local chefs will make ribs and they'll have a big event um, and dole out those ribs uh, and supply beer. So this year they had hoped to do the event at Russian Jack Chalet, but because of the pandemic, it got moved, it got shut down. Uh, but they wanted to continue with it, so we offered to host, and um, folks were able to come by here last weekend, pick up ribs and beer, and the way we did it was we made a special beer for them. Uh, they helped design it, um, and we gave proceeds from 
pint sales and growler sales to their organization. Um, and it turned out really well. It was a delicious, uh, like American pale ale, kind of a dark pale ale with uh, domestic hops. Um, so that was a huge success. They were able to find a venue for their event when they thought they were going to have to completely call it off. Uh, I think they they did well. They didn't do as well as they would have done had it gone down as originally planned. But they were very happy and we were very happy and uh, we were thrilled to be able to support them. Is there anything I'm missing? So that's usually a question I ask because often folks have an idea of what they want to share that maybe I'm not asking about. So either about the brewery or about this mission that you have of making Anchorage a, a world-class city. Not off the top of my head. Um, no. Can you think of anything else that might be not important? The last question that we always ask our guests is kind of what is a self-care or mindfulness or spiritual practice um, that you personally do that kind of keeps you centered? Um, you talked about you got a lot of things going on, the brewery, you got other work outside of here, um, but how do you keep yourself centered in the middle of all of that? I think balance is, is critical to staying centered. So for me, it's a little bit of performance as a musician, a little bit of work at the hospital, and then a whole lot of creative outlet here, designing new beers. We have um, a new beer every week, and so that requires constant attention, constant creativity, experimentation, you know, willing to dump things that aren't right and try again, um, and that's critical to balance I think being able to have a creative outlet um, without that I just don't feel whole so that's medicine is not a creative enterprise anymore <laughs> it's very cookbook um, mm. but brewing is so uh, brewing and music are, are ways that I kind of keep myself in balance keep myself happy and it's it really works it's it's a very satisfying profession, I have to say. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us about what you're doing here and how you're, you're uh, working in the city. My pleasure. Thank you for uh, doing this interview, and thank you for the work that you do for the community as well. It seems like our missions overlap quite a bit. Absolutely. <laughs> Brittany Clancy. I was born and raised here in Anchorage, Alaska. I have four kids and this fashion-packed endeavor is new to me. Um, yeah, we can go with that. Great. So I would love to hear you explain what is fashion-packed so that I can understand better and also those that are listening can understand better what fashion-packed is as well. So basically fashion-packed is a new community thrift shop. Um, we sell everything for $5 and $2 of each item we sell goes back to local charities. Um, it's pretty amazing because the charities are chosen by the people who donate their stuff and the people who shop at Fashion Pact. So every item that's sold at Fashion Pact, $1 goes to the charity of the person who donated the item, the person that, or the charity that they choose. And $1 goes to whichever charity the person who purchases the item chooses. Um, it's kind of cool because we are all about Alaska and all about our community. The charities that you can choose from are only charities that are exclusive to Alaska and based in Alaska and really give back to our community. It's a really interesting model. So where did the idea come from to do this, this type of of thrift store where, where, where the donations are being directed by those that are donating and those that are buying, like, where did that idea come from? So the idea evolved a lot over time. Um, since I was a little kid, I have wanted to have a store. I grew up with two parents that owned a store. And so I always just wanted to have a store. And then as I 
got older, a teenager, I loved thrifting. It was just one of my favorite hobbies. Whenever we'd go out of town, we'd find the thrift shop. So then it kind of narrowed down to, okay, I'd like to have a thrift store. And so then within that, you know, um, I had these four kids and I've been staying at home with them. And so as I've been thrifting a lot in Alaska, I felt like the, a lot of the thrift store prices were really high. And so I was like, I want to have a thrift store that has cheap prices. Um, and so then from there, you know, just one thing at a time, I thought, how could we make a thrift store with the, with cheap with cheap prices? And so I liked the idea of a cap because it's a good way for a business to hold itself accountable. And so then as I thought about this $5, how much could a business really operate on? And I kind of came up with this $2 and $3. And then at the same time, I love Alaska. I just, this is my home. I love it. I've volunteered here in many capacities and many organizations for a lot of my life. And so I thought about these organizations and I thought, wouldn't that be great if we had a thrift store that gave back to many organizations, not just one? Because typically, if you go to a thrift store, your your donations and your um, purchases only benefit that one thrift store. And so from there, um, I, I, this idea, like I said, evolved over years, and my husband was a huge part in it. And so he kind of, it was actually his great idea, that very ending point of $1 goes to each organization chosen um, so that we can involve everyone. I, I'm connecting really well with your story around family and this idea of thrifting. It's actually my my daughter who's 19 that turned me on to the, hey, have you heard about Fashion Pack? I was telling her about um, wanting to talk to businesses that are really interested in the community. And she was the one that was like, oh yeah, you should, you should talk to them. They're doing some cool stuff. So what was it about um, wanting to support nonprofits that was a part of, of this dream for you of putting this together? What drew you to wanting to do that? Well, I think that I was really interested in supporting nonprofits because I know that a lot, Anchorage is a place that has so many nonprofits and they do so many different things. They get really, they dive, dive really deep into whatever their specialty is. And so I just thought if we could give back to them, we could really make our community better. And I know they are always looking for funding and this seemed like a good way to raise funding for them. Um, they, a lot of nonprofits would probably like to have a thrift store. I mean, there's a lot of money to be made in thrift, but it's not their specialty. And so they, um, yeah, so, so, so since it's not their specialty, it's not worth them putting the time and the work and figuring out running a thrift store is no small thing, <laughs> as I'm finding out. I mean, it, it is a lot of work and it, it you know, so, so for them, it would be a distraction from their main purpose. So it's nice that I am able to, through Fashion Pact and obviously through the whole community, that we are able to raise funds for them without them having to use their time and resources and energy into something that is not their specialty. Um, I don't know if you were kind of asking in that question. A question I get asked a lot is why am I not a nonprofit? Is that something that you wanted to know more about? I would love to hear why you went throughout that you went with that. Yeah. Um, well, so the main reason is because, like I said, from the time I was young, I always wanted a store. But I also wanted Fashion Pact to be completely self-sustainable. And so I felt like if I would have went the nonprofit route, I probably maybe wouldn't be as efficient and I wouldn't feel the pressure to turn a profit. And so in turn, I would probably rely on monetary donations um, from other organizations and things like that. I feel like with being a for-profit business that supports and helps nonprofits, but being able to be fully sustainable on my own, I'm really able to do the most good within our community um, and hopefully keep it going for years to come. So just to be clear, like for me, if I was to bring something in or was to come in and purchase something, I can choose from any nonprofit that I'm aware of to designate um, that $1 either way. Is that, is that right? Thank you for asking that question. No, that is not right. <laughs> so that's why I appreciate you asking it. 
So we have what we call our allies, and these are local nonprofits that we have decided to partner with. Um, the bar or whatever, I don't know the word, but if you, if you are a nonprofit in Anchorage and you're interested in partner, partnering with us, and I'm sorry, I said Anchorage, we have actually expanded now to anywhere in Alaska. Um, but if you are a nonprofit that wants to partner with us, the only criteria is that your nonprofit is local to and exclusive to Alaska. So for example, at this time, we are not accepting, say, maybe Girl Scouts of Alaska or the YMCA of Anchorage. Um, we are only, ex only accepting those completely local exclusive to Alaska charities. At this point in time, I think we're nearing 50 charities that we've partnered with, and we are absolutely open to more. So if anyone out there is listening, it's super easy. You go to our website, fill out a quick form, um, and then from there, we write you a monthly check. So it's a pretty good deal for nonprofits. I love one of the things we talk about on this podcast quite a bit is about being hyper local. And I love in the idea that that's kind of what you're doing as well. It's it's nonprofits from here, from the state of Alaska, from Anchorage that are the focus. I really, really appreciate that being focused so much on the community that's right here that we're all living in. Um, what am I missing? What would you want people to know about Fashion Pack that are listening? Um, well, okay. So one thing that I get asked all the time is how we could possibly keep track of all of this money and you know, if I brought in this shirt, how do I know that my dollar goes to the charity I picked? Um, and so we have completely custom software that allows us to keep track of it all. Basically, I'll run you through the process uh, super quickly, but you say you bring in, you bring in your stuff. It's a, you know, a bag full of shirts and pants. You come in and you, we have an iPad that you just choose your charity. And then there's a button that you push and it prints a label out. You put that label on your bag. At some later point, we go through your bag, each item one at a time, and we tag each item with a, you, uh, with a unique QR code. And so that QR code ties back to that label that you printed that um, stores that information. The item goes on the rack. Sometime later, some person comes up and decides they wanna purchase that item. They purchase it at the register. We scan that unique QR code. The person chooses their charity and then it goes into our database. Again, all tied back to that one QR code. Um, so then we're able to run our reports once a month and pay out all the charities on both ends who get, pay who get paid. It's a super slick system and there is no way I'd be able to do this if <laughs> we were using pencil and paper. <laughs> so I'm pretty happy about that. Um, what else are you missing? I don't know. I don't know if you're missing anything. The one thing that we like to say at Fashion Pact is that we're all about community coming together. So whether you have stuff to donate, whether you are looking to buy things inexpensively, whether you're a nonprofit or support a nonprofit, there's a place for everyone at Fashion Pact. And so that's really the main message that we want to send out is that we're trying to strengthen the community together. I love that. That's uh, what we're trying to do as well with the podcast. So where will people, where would people go to find your shop? We are downtown. We're on 6th and Ingra, which um, is not a place that people can easily visualize. So if you basically go the new Seward Highway, if you're heading north, turns into Ingra. And then eventually 6th Avenue turns right. And if you follow that, it would head to like Eagle River. So we are right on the corner of those two big highways. Um, and we put like mannequins out every day. We're a white and black building. Hopefully you can find us. We're open 11 to seven from Tuesday through Saturday. Great, thank you. The final question that I have for you is one that we ask all of our guests and that's, what is a self-care or mindfulness or spiritual practice that you do that keeps you centered um, as you do your work? That is a surprising question and um, I'm really glad you asked it. I happen to be a Christian and it definitely guides everything that I do in life. So for me, prayer and scripture study are essential to keeping myself centered. And yeah, that's what I do. 
Great. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us about Fashion Pact. I wish you well. I, I love the idea. I love that it's hyper-local. I love that it's in the community. And I hope that it really catches on. Thank you. I appreciate it. We definitely have a critical mass to meet um, with selling everything at $5. So we are It's very happy and grateful for everybody that's come in so far. And we invite anyone else that's interested to come check it out. My thanks to Tim, Ted, and Brittany for sharing with us how they are working to build and strengthen community in Anchorage. They are each another example of how Anchorage is becoming the way it's supposed to be for all people. In our next episode, we will turn our attention to politics. I hope you can join us. Goodbye for now. The Anchorage City Podcast is grateful for our partner this season, Kaladi Brothers Coffee. Kaladi's is a catalyst for community. Stop into one of their 17 cafes in Anchorage, across Alaska, and in Seattle, or check them out at kaladi.com. That's K-A-L-A-D-I dot com. We are also grateful for a grant from Resonate Global Mission and a partnership with Street Psalms, both of which contribute to making this podcast possible. And we are grateful for you, our listeners. If you are grateful for what you're hearing, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts and recommend us to your friends. You can support this podcast by selecting the Anchorage Urban Training Collaborative at smile.amazon.com when you shop at Amazon so that when you make a purchase, Amazon donates to us. Resources used to make this episode can be found in the show details. The Anchorage City Podcast is a production of the Anchorage Urban Training Collaborative. The mission of the collaborative is to train the head, hearts, and hands of urban leaders to love their city and seek its peace. When we say peace, we mean a desire to see a world where all things are the way they're supposed to be for all people. Find us online at anchorageutc.org or on social media at Anchorage UTC. Our theme music is by Anchorage's own Monica Lightyear.